Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, the producer of the show, and we are loaded for bear today, folks, and that means this is going to be a fantastic show. Yet again, we have another amazing guest on the show, talking about Holly Hayes, award-winning author, founder, and CEO of Project Sanctuary, which is this amazing survivor-run nonprofit social enterprise that employs and empowers women who've actually survived lives of trafficking, violence, and addiction in Austin, Texas. And good news is she's moving here to Nashville. People, your loss, Austin, our gain. Actually, Austin, you're one of my favorite cities. I always say if Austin and Nashville could marry, it would make the perfect city. But anyway, we are happy that Holly is gonna be a new neighbor and we are happy to have her on the show. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. Let's get to the man of the hour, your host, Ian Cron. Holly Hayes, welcome to Typology. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor to be here. Well, uh, I've been looking forward to this podcast because your story is so fascinating and inspiring. And I want to jump in before we get to your life experience as a Enneagram three uh, with a four wing, right? The mm-hmm. the performer. I just want to get a little backstory and hear about Sanctuary Project. Tell me all about it. So I started Sanctuary Project in February of 2018. Uh, we are a nonprofit social enterprise, and we employ women coming out of trafficking, violence, and addiction. We have a jewelry line, so all our products are handmade by survivors, and um, just got picked up by Target.com, which is super exciting. As whoa, a, as a three, that's amazing. I know as a three. Wow. Do you like how I dropped that in like the first three minutes of talking with you? <laughs> I'm like, I've achieved this. I've achieved this. I've achieved yes. this. And I do yeah. it all while being creative with a forming. Yeah. Please, and please don't waste any time name dropping. Please feel free. <laughs> so this is very exciting. Tell us more. Uh, like, like, how did Sanctuary Project get started? So I'm a survivor myself. I came out of a life of trafficking, violence, and addiction 20 years ago. Mm. Um, I uh, grew up in an achieving home, really, where a performance-based home, um, and uh, and ended up sort of failing at that pretty early on and um, fell into a life of drugs and alcohol pretty young, around the age of 14, and started drinking and using drugs every day by the time I was 15 and uh, had dropped out of high school by the time I was 16. And uh, was getting arrested all the time, ended up in abusive relationships. And at 19, I met my trafficker. And that relationship really wreaked havoc on my life. And um, uh, I ended up getting drunk and high and not showing up for the jobs he was lining up for me. So I actually mm-hmm. failed as a prostitute. As a three, you can imagine that failure. Um, <laughs> it's about the lowest you can go in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and and the the drinking and drug use just came first for me mm. and ultimately uh, didn't enjoy being trafficked. So I wasn't um, so I just stopped showing up and, and that man kicked me out and I ended up homeless. And so at the age of 21, I was homeless and on the floor of a public bathroom and watching my tears mm. hit the floor and three words fell out of my mouth. I just said, God, help me. And I'd never believed in God, had no experience with God, didn't grow up in a God home or God family, didn't know any God people, but it, it was all I could think to say. And um, and then that night I ended up meeting someone who got me into a recovery program. And I've been sober since that day and safe since that day. And really then started on this journey of trying to rebuild my life and realized there are very little tools for rebuilding a life um, with that amount of trauma and that amount of um, criminal record and, and, and that amount of emotional stress, really trying to get sober, trying to get healthy and sane and trying to untangle from this really violent and exploitive relationship. So over the years, as I rebuilt, I started to dream of building a place where others could rebuild too. Mm. Um, I worked for this shoe shine very early in my recovery, a shoe shine stand very early in my recovery where everyone was in recovery and we all shined shoes together. And I just remember that community being such a special part of those mm. early days of my recovery journey. And mm. so building sanctuary project was really out of a heart of creating that kind of environment where, um, where women are safe to cry at work. They're, um, they're re rebuilding their lives and their resumes at the same time. And we're all in community with each other, having experienced this similar life. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. wow. That is well, thank amazing. You. Uh, thank we, you. Uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, Becca Stevens of Thistle Farms is a dear friend uh, here in Nashville uh, who does very similar work. And um, she's incredible. Yeah, she is an, a, she is a force of nature. What is her Enneagram? It's really hard to peg. And, and, um, and part of it, and this is on a podcast I, we did together. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm not telling stories out of school. Um, but I think trauma has made it harder. And I think this is not unusual, uh, for survivors to mm -hmm. figure out their type. It, it just becomes a little bit, it, it's not impossible. I'm just saying that trauma can, um, make type a little bit more of a journey to peg if, if is that i mean i know that you use the enneagram with your the women you're working with the survivors yeah. is that true in your experience Absolutely. I think because so much of our emotional world has been rocked that oftentimes we'll manifest as a four um, because we're so in touch with our emotions because we've, you know, because we've been through so much and there's and those emotions are just right there. And so I've I've seen girls mistype as four. Um, I've seen girls mistype as five because they're so emotionally shut down mm. from so much trauma when really they're probably more of a six or something, but they're but they're typing as a five um, because it's so hard to access any feelings. Mm. Um, you know, I think the, um, the, the two shows up a fair amount. Um, and, and I wonder if that's just like a self-preservation thing where it's mm. like, okay, I'll just like take care of everyone around me. And so, I mean, the Enneagram is always linked to trauma. Right. Um, but, but I do think that sometimes that trauma masks what we are. When I was trying to type myself, I remember, uh, when I was first reading through all the descriptors, I, I thought I might be a four. I was thinking I was probably a four, um, because I am so in touch with my emotions and I didn't relate at all to a three, not having that in touch with their emotions, you know, like I, I right. don't have that disconnect that, that threes have. I'm, I'm quick to cry. I'm quick to connect. I'm quick to go deep. 
And, um, and so I actually thought I was a four and it wasn't until I really dug in and started to understand where I go in stress and security Mm. that I was able to say, oh, okay, I definitely go to nine in stress and I definitely go to six in security Mm -hmm. and don't go to, to one and two ever. (laughs) And so that uh, understanding those things actually helped me to type correctly as a three, but with a four wing. Um, and I think so much of that wing even was, is about my trauma and, and just having, having had such a hard life. I can't not access those emotions mm. or feel that sense of like um, that, uh, that I am a unique being, right? Mm. Mm. So this is fascinating. And you mentioned uh, two things I want to highlight. One is you said that uh, the Enneagram and trauma uh, are always related somehow, right? Something to that effect. Is that is that true? I mean, you're the expert. I feel like that's that's how I understand it. But Right. I mean, it's there's a trauma message that we've gotten at some point as a young person in our childhood or in our in our young life. There's a message that we've gotten. And, um, you know, for me, that message was achieve. Right. That Mm. that message was perform, achieve, um, be impressive, Mm. show the world your best face, um, curl your hair every day and show up (laughs) looking your best and being your best and um, ace every test and you'll be okay in life. And, you know, and I think the those mess those childhood messages mix with the other childhood traumas to create that that personality or that enneagram type Mm. so this is i mean this is a really worthy topic of conversation and we've had it before which is uh some teachers uh will say that your enneagram type is determined by your first experience of trauma Mm, that's interesting. So it's not just obviously there's genetics involved and, you know, all that stuff. But, but you know, if you think about it, if you um, uh, receive the, a, a traumatic message or experience of betrayal, let's say, uh, yeah. and, um, and, and in addition to that, you grew up in a home where nobody's in charge and uh, where, where, you know, you've perhaps even been the victim of abuse, it would not be surprising if you became an Enneagram eight, you know, right. mm-hmm. uh, a person who's like, I cannot be, I will not be betrayed again. I will not be controlled mm-hmm. by other people again. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree that there is some relationship between the formation of the human personality and trauma. And we all yeah. have trauma, mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I wonder if you were going to mention was backing into the, your number because she mentioned identifying, mm-hmm. finding her strength and or where she goes in health and where she goes in stress. And that helped mm-hmm. her identify. And stress and security. Yeah, stress and security. You've talked about that before. Yeah. I mean, I think there's lots of ways that uh, we can, when you're when you're not sure of your type, that, yeah. that you can kind of dig down next. And one would be to investigate stress and security points. So, like, does that yeah. sound like me? Obviously, when you're uncertain to look at uh, your, look at the subtypes. Mm-hmm. Did you know what your subtype yeah. is? So I, I think for, if, if I'm a three, I'm a social three, okay. um, but when, but that almost messed me up because when I look at the subtypes, I also, um, I also identify as or the one-to-one four. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because that four will achieve sometimes to, oh, yeah. um, right, to, to mask pain. And so looking at the subtypes almost messed me up because it's like, well, when I look at the subtypes, then I'm like, well, maybe I am that like one-to-one four who's achieving to mask pain. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I think that core message that I got as a child is what I keep coming back to. That core message I got as a child mm-hmm. was you need to achieve in this world or you won't be, you won't be okay. And yet... Now I'm in recovery, right? So I You, you know, are? Oh yeah. And I'm still involved. Okay. I'm still were you, I, drug and alcohol. Were you a big old drunk like me? Yes, and and, and a drug addict. Okay. Oh yeah. yay. Yay for exciting. <laughs> I mean I, I Yay for pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Boy, we love yay, them pharmaceuticals. You totally up your life too. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. Did you go to Did you go to treatment or just into a uh, like a, into a twelve step program? Twelve step program, which okay. I'm still active in today. So am I. Okay, well, I'm excited that we might get to connect in Nashville at some point. There, I can turn you. You know, the recovery community in Nashville is incredible. I've heard wonderful things. Anywhere there's like good partying, I feel like there's good recovery. Oh, yeah. And Nashville's a good party city, so I imagine it's going to have like good good recovery, right? And you meet a lot of famous people in meetings, which makes it fun. It does make it fun. (laughs) Why not? That does make it fun. And then you're like, oh, I can't tell anybody. This is so cool that I just saw blankety blank. I know. Well, it's like going to meetings in L.A. (laughs) It's yeah. the same thing. All right. That's the, that's for you and I to talk about. Everyone is now like, you know, checking their email while we're talking about recovery. But it does tie into what we're talking about, which is you grew up. I mean, the, the, the message that threes here is I have to achieve. Um, I have to uh, look like an achiever. Impress. Um, I have mm-hmm. to impress others and I have to avoid failure at all costs. You did yeah. not avoid failure at all costs. No, I mean, the I only didn't. thing I could say is to you would be, I guess you were striving to be the best alcoholic drug addict well, in the city. Well, I kind of was. <laughs> I kind of was. I mean, I remember like when I started drinking and using, I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. Like, this is something I could drink all my guy friends under the table. And it was something I actually got accolades for. People were like, wow, you're, you're, you are the party girl. Mm-hmm. You are the best at this. And, you know, and, and I was, and I was desperate to escape because I had all, I had been sexually abused in my childhood. Mm-hmm. So I had all this like unre- unresolved trauma. So I was desperate to escape. And then I found out I was like really good at drinking and using drugs. And, and then I was simultaneously. So like, you know, I tell my story a lot and I talk about everything that happened and how badly I failed at life, but I was simultaneously really achieving as a performer. So mm. I, um, I was at a top musical theater conservatory when all this was going on. So oh, wow. despite the fact that I was like completely ruining my life with drugs and alcohol in horrific, abusive relationships, failing as a prostitute, I was still achieving on stage. I was, I was, um, I was getting, I was getting leads. I was, I was winning awards. I was winning roles. I was getting accolades and people would look at my life and my talent and say, wow, you're incredible. You're going to be something. And so it was, I was able to both achieve at using and drinking and impress people there, impress people with how well I could party, impress them with how long I could stay up. And then I was able to hide behind how impressive I was on stage as a performer. And so it was this perfect storm of like, how is this going to break? Because if I, 
if I can keep going and I can keep achieving, and I think we see this like in Hollywood a lot, if I can keep achieving and keep performing and keep mm. impressing people here, then mm. no one's going to notice that my life is in shambles over here. And so if I had not, um, mm. you know, really hit a, an internal bottom where I just was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm. I think I would have gone on forever. Do it, living that, you know, double life of I'm, you know, totally failing as a prostitute and, um, you know, and epically failing at being a normal adult, but achieving over here in this performance sphere. Mm. And, you know, I, just for our listeners, I just want to make something clear to them. You know, we there's a lot of misconceptions and stigma around addictions, right? And not just drug and alcohol addiction, uh, but, you know, obviously pornography addictions, uh, process addictions, that's what those are. Uh, gambling is another process addiction, et cetera. What people don't, people, you know, it's, this is happening less and less, but they, they sort of see it as a moral failure. And I right. actually think it's to the point that even from my own experience, I felt like it was a moral failure, mm. even after I was told it wasn't a moral failure, right? That yeah. it was a disease. Yep. But here's the deal. All addictions begin with pain and they end in pain. Mm-hmm. And and so I just always am trying to communicate to people that addictions are about pain management. Mm-hmm. If you if you and trauma management. And yeah. these are just now medical facts now that we're we're realizing. Uh, and so you know the pain of sexual abuse is so yeah. great. Uh the betrayal um is so tremendous that um, you know, everybody finds a treatment plan for their pain. Everybody, mm, yeah. you know, and you could argue, by the way, that every Enneagram types strategy is a pain management system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It, I'll, yeah. A one just I'll be I'll make everything perfect so that I don't have so that I never experience pain. I'll pour into others so I never experience pain. I'll achieve so I never experience pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. The big issue for threes. The passion, which is the source of all of our suffering, and it is the the emotional motivation that drives this pattern of, for the three, deceit, uh, mask wearing, the ability to constantly be swapping out masks to win the approval and to meet the expectations of the crowd, all this stuff. And the the danger is, of course, and the, the result is, threes don't even, after a point, know who they are. And they they don't even know if they have an authentic self because they've so over-identified with all these other false masks, these false selves that they've been putting on. Have you discovered your authentic self? I'm constantly rediscovering my authentic self. Um, Have I this week? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, I, you know, I think what's been really interesting for me has been this journey of, so I came to Christ, like after I'd been in recovery several years. And what was interesting for me was like, I think I went through a phase of putting on Christ, like another mask, right? Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we're coming back to that. Yeah. Wow. Right. But like achieving at Christendom, like I'm going to achieve right. at theology. I'm going to achieve at performance-based faith. 
um, I'm going to achieve at being the perfect evangelical model of I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see, yes. you know, and, and I think it, I, I think I put that on to such a degree that I lost myself even in Christ. Mm. Um, you became addicted. I, it sounds like you became addicted to religion, which is a topic I often talk about. You know, yeah. it's like people think that they're in a relationship with God. It's actually this weird codependent kind of addicted relationship, and it's wow. not. It's not real. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So keep I wouldn't going. say I wouldn't say it was that like because I do think like there was a genuine healing that mm -hmm. happened in my soul. Um, and so me one on one with Christ, there was something very real happening and is still something that very real that happens. But 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 the um, the religion aspect of it, I just wanted to do it perfectly and mm -hmm. impress people with mm -hmm. it, you know, and impress people with how far I'd come. And like, I mean, my favorite thing to hear was like, oh, wow, I can't believe you had the life you had because look at you today. And right. Right. That's, an, you know, that's like this, oh, wow, what an extreme from darkness into light. And she was a failed prostitute and now she helps people. And um, this you is know, I so wanted great. to win at Christianity. <laughs> okay. But remember Lisa Welchel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you've never heard my, my interview with Lisa Welchel, who was the star of... What Facts famous? of Life. Facts of Life. Facts of Life, right. She, yes. For eight seasons. And she's a three. And she just you just basically described her whole experience of, like, you know, in her faith experience, she wanted to be the very best, like the icon yeah. of, of yeah. you know, the Christian woman and mother and all this stuff. And, and yeah. just, and that became a mask. And, uh, and of course, this is part of the deceit problem, you know, right. which is, well, it looks good and seems to be helping people when I talk about it. And I'm getting a lot of strokes for being that person and a right. lot of applause for being that person, even though that is not the totality of who I am. And, and there's actually right. someone behind this, an authentic self that um, is, is, uh, is separate from that person, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense, you know? Um, and so the danger, like, let me give you an example of this. And in, in, uh, I've seen in a 12 step group, <clears throat> we had a guy come in, he was a pastor. I've, I think I've told this story before and he was a three, he was a mega church pastor and he had a colossal fall. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like a DW, as they do, as they do, I'm talking about a, DW, a, I mean, a DWI in the middle of the city. You know what I mean? Like okay. it was, and it was big. And then I like everything, this guy. I mean, don't you? <laughs> I actually like him, but, but he, he came out of, he came out of treatment, came back to, uh, into a, this 12 step group that I'm in. And, um, uh, he was there for about two weeks before the group started to realize that everyone was starting to kind of think this guy was the best recovering alcoholic any of us had ever met. <laughs> he Everything. Was he was winning. He'd only been there for two weeks. I mean, he was almost chairing the meeting after two weeks, you know, and every, every time he shared, he had you know, all the slogans down oh. and he'd done the steps already. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was guy. running. I, but, I mean, a month into it, you know, he's like got three sponsees. He's right. not supposed to have three sponsees <laughs> yeah. until he's had a year sober. You know right, what I right. mean? And, and, and finally his, uh, God bless his sponsor. Cause his sponsor was smart enough to say, you know what? So-and-so you're full of crap. This is a, mm. you are full of it. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. this is a new mask, and yeah. now it's it's a new game. And you have it, but, you know it's like what are you going to do? Write write a bestseller now mm. about getting sober? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean it's like parlay this thing into a new success story, and maybe make a little money, and you know get on a speaker circuit and do this and that. And it's like he's like totally. 
He said, for the next six months, you cannot talk in a meeting. Wow. All you can do is listen. And uh, every time you feel that mask starting to come mm-hmm. up and you start to get that, not drunk feeling, but that high from winning the crowd over, mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. you feel that coming up, just call yourself on it. You know? It's so good. Mm. Holly, you mentioned wearing these multiple masks. Uh, you wore a mask as a prostitute. You wore a mask on the stage, and then you came into the church, and you put on the face of Christ as a mask. I'm just wondering, what's your strategy now to help undo that reflexive impulse to mm. put a mask on? How do you handle that now? Well, it's incredible. So, you know, as Ian was was talking about that and and the this guy's sponsor in the recovery program, the recovery program is the place that I'm myself. Mm. I mean, and that's that's the place I feel like I actually bring my authentic self where I actually am sharing who I really am, what's really going on with me. I have accountability there, friends there, um, a, a community there where I am, where nobody, nobody gives a shit if I have a Sorry if I'm not allowed to say shit. Oh, you can say shit. Nobody gives a care. Okay. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit if I have some big Christian ministry. Nobody cares what I'm doing. Nobody cares how many people I'm helping. And, you know, with Sanctuary Project, it's a place where it's like, um, where I am, where I am fully reminded who I am without God in my life. Mm. And I am fully reminded of the miracle he has done, not just in my life, but in our lives. And Mm. I think it's so humbling because, you know, I tell my story and people are like, whoa, cool. God rescued you off the floor of a bathroom. That's amazing. How impressive. And then I go to a meeting and I hear my story six times in a row. That's right. That's right. I am not impressive. Like we have an impressive God. Yeah. But I, I am not impressive. And so that's the place where I feel like I'm able to just take the mask off and be myself. And then in my marriage too, I mean, I, I married a nine, which was the best thing a three can do. If you're a three, marry a nine. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> because this man, like just, he, he expects nothing of me. He expects mm-hmm. nothing of me. He is not impressed by anything I do. Um, he is, he is totally, I mean, I don't like, like he found out recently that we launched like nine nine product launches this spring. And he was like, Oh, I didn't know you did that. Like not impressed, you know, no, like I could not care less. And it's so good for me because it's like, Mm. it just reminds me what's important. What's important is our daughter. What's important is our land and you know, the way it feels when we get to care for it. What's important is our marriage and the way, the way we nurture it when we're alone together. Um, What's important is that time when we snuggle up and watch HGTV before bedtime and turn off everything. Um, You know, I think that that, that, those safe places with those people who, who couldn't care less what I'm doing and who couldn't care less about some impressive story of what God has done. Even those are the places that I feel like I can take off the mask and be, Mm. and be my authentic self. Mm. And that authentic self is, um, it, it, it is, um, you know, I like to call it like the U-E-S-T-U. you. It's like, it's, um, that the authentic U-E-S-T-U. self, is, <laughs> <laughs> that authentic self is, is so close to like the goofy girl I was when I was a kid. Um, the, this, the girly girl who just wanted to like wear bows and pink and fluffy things. And, and this, and, and even, even the silly girl I was when I was drunk, I think a lot of like, 
the masks came off when I was drunk. And, and, I, and I think that's why I liked it because all of a sudden I didn't feel like I had to keep it all together. And I could be this goof and I could be like rapping with my guy friends. Um, literally I was like, I would like flow like a rapper. <laughs> Don't ask me to do it now. I need booze, but, but, I, <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but, but that, but that me that was like, that couldn't care less what anyone thinks. Yeah. I actually got to be her drunk. And I think that a three craves that I think we crave a love that doesn't expect us to perform and a sense of, of well-being in ourselves where we can set aside everything and, um, you know, like forget it all and just be, just be me. And so part of that was like that attraction to alcohol was, it was, it was that I get to take off every mask and be free. And of course that is sort of the, the story of every type, right? That, um, beneath the adaptive stratagems of our personalities, there is this essence, this essential self. And every type feels at some level like I could not be my authentic self and I needed to find a pattern or a way of being in the world as a little person to protect that little self. And so I became a two or I became a four or I became a six. And, and, you know, this all helped protect that essential self. And the journey toward health is being able to relax our grip on those, on that personality pattern Mm -hmm. so that the essential self feels safe to emerge again. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so So that's what you're describing. It doesn't mean that you're going to be any less of an achiever. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be any less of a creative as a four, you know, or doing what I do. Or it doesn't mean, you know, your personality is going to get deleted. Right. It just means that the unhelpful, unskillful, um, self-defeating patterns of your type that helped you as a little person Mm -hmm. to hide the essential self, to keep it Mm -hmm. safe. They no longer work. And your essential self is saying, mm. I want to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I want to come out. And I think also, by the way, addictions are also another way of saying when, when your essential self is saying, I want to come out, I want to come out. It can create a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And right. especially if there's a lot around it. And so, again, I mean, this is, I really like Holly Hayes. How do you like her so oh, far? Are you kidding? Fantastic. <laughs> Isn't she great? Yeah. I like you guys too. <laughs> I, I'm so excited about this. She's moving to the Nashville area. Yeah, I'm going to introduce her to friends. I'm going to take her to meetings. Totally. Oh, I'm so excited. You'll be my first friend in recovery there. Yay. I'm it. I'm it. I think it's just so great for all types that you have a place to practice your authentic or essential self. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. thinking of recovery as a place to practice revealing your essential yep. self with others so that you know how to do it when you, when you find yourself in stress. Well, and so much of that 12 step work is really about stripping away everything that isn't the essential self. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I love about the 12 steps is that there's this, um, I I mean, I think they're the perfect model for discipleship, first of all. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they're, they are perfection in discipleship in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately you're looking at all those, those things that got in the way of the essential self. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at all those character defects. You're looking at, all those harms you did to pe- to other people and mm. harms that were done to you. And you're looking at those things and saying, okay, I want to let these things go. God, take these things because I want to find out who I actually am. I mm-hmm. actually want to know who I am without all of these masks, character defects, sins, whatever you want to call them, right? All these things that all these defense mechanisms and coping strategies, wh- who am I with all of them gone? Who am I without all of this? 
So it's it's a sweet place to actually learn to be that essential self, I think. Love that. Oh, man. For sure. And you're talking about steps four and five. And this is yeah. something that everybody, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you're also talking about step nine. and Six some and other seven things. and nine. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it's I'm all talking about all of them, I guess, really. <laughs> right. But when you say, you know, took a, a, a fearless moral inventory of ourselves, mm-hmm. right, in, in step four, and then sharing it with, a, with God and another human being, which is step five, you know, um, owning the, the things that we've done. And I think we that is such an essential step in the life. I, I wish everybody had the opportunity to do that. Um, I agree. It's, I think it, they should be required for Christians to have to go through the 12 steps and just look at I'm your life with you. and look at yourself. <laughs> I, I am totally with you. And um, But as you know, it, it's... The process is so difficult. It's it's hard to want to do it unless it's a life or death proposition. I think that's so true. I mean, I think that's unless your sin is leading to death and you can feel it. Why would you want to? Why would you want to look at it? Why would yeah. you want to? <laughs> Let's yeah. just go eat another ice cream sandwich and call it a day. <laughs> so you're married to a nine, and, and I'm married to a nine. It sounds real healthy. Nineiest nine. The ninetieth nine for the true, the true, the youiest you. you. I was about to say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> but here's the thing: I would tell a lot of threes that are doing their work. I, if you're married to a nine, I'm married to a nine too. So I, I, I'm speaking with a little bit of experience. But as I've counseled nines, threes before, sometimes they find nines uh, to be in partnership oh, yeah. with because the nine will let the three do whatever it wants. Right. Yes. Uh, if the three wants to work 60 yes. hours a week, the nine will let him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the nine is avoiding conflict, doesn't want to call the three out on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's really worthwhile for every type to ask it's him or herself the question, what might have been the hidden motivation behind my picking this person and uh how can i not be taking advantage of them uh you're laughing you're smiling (laughs) i mean yeah i this is this is a struggle still today in our marriage i mean we he he can be so passive about these things right and so um i think because i've done a lot of work I call him out and make him do the work, even when he's being like non-boundaried with me. You know, and nines nines um, don't like to do the work. They don't Honestly, like to do the work. They don't like to do the they work don't. until they have to. I mean, until they have to. But the but but when you have a nine and their sins not killing them, right? Um, how, how are you ever going to get that person to do the work? Um, I think what I do a lot in our marriage is model the work, where I'm like, hey, mm. I'm going to do the work right now. Um, you know, and, and Hey, I'm, I'm going back to counseling. Want to come? And, you know, and I think, (laughs) (laughs) but I think like, I, I have to challenge him and I have to call him up, but, but he also goes to three in security. Right. And so, um, so the more, what I've found is like, I I've tried two different tactics. I've tried nagging him and making him feel enough pain about his stuff that he'll do the work. Right. And then I've tried actually trying to create a place of security and, um, and a place of, uh, of freedom and, and then invite him into conversation. And that's where I actually see him want to step forward and step up and, and start to do the work because then he starts going, when he starts to feel more secure, he starts going, 
going into three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it, or is it that stress? That go, no, they go. No, they go to the high side of three when they're doing great. Yeah. So, so when, so when he's when he's secure, he starts to want to um, grow. Really, you know, I mean, he like and and when he's stressed, um, that's where I see him go into anxiety and shutting down and that like the unhealthy six. Right. That's where I see him start to go into like unhealthy six, shut down, fearful um, and um, and even digging his heels in like a stubbornness Mm -hmm. that. um, And I don't know if that's like an eight wing or if that's him going to six and stress. But it's that six and stress. It's that it's that. Passive aggressive stubbornness. Uh, yes. They also, you know, obviously they become more self doubting and self questioning. Yeah. Um, and, and then they fall more into the person they're with, right? So he mm-hmm. he's just like, okay, so I'll just disappear more and you can be shinier and I'll just be over here and pretend I'm not a human and not eat and not drink and not sleep and not, you know, and, and that's really hard to watch as a spouse because it's like, okay. And so I've learned, I have to nurture an environment of security for him. If I don't Mm. make him feel super safe, I'm never going to get what I want from him, which is like that, that healthy partner. Mm. What we've learned, and I think part of this is my wife's an Al-Anon member. And for those of you who don't know what that is, Al-Anon is How do you get her to go? She's a nine. You get her to go to meetings? Well, I mean, when things get bad enough, sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, life yeah. got bad enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, uh, and actually, Note to self, make it bad enough for him, right? Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> when she heard that her, we have another member in our family who's in recovery as well, and so when she learned, okay, I can't change these people, right? Like, I have to, in order for them to get well, I have to focus on my own journey of wellness and take care of me and um, learn to let go of managing their recovery and sobriety yeah. and all that stuff. But Al-Anon completely revolutionized my wife's personality wow. as a nine. She woke up. It was like, That's amazing. oh, it was, Anthony knows this. Uh, it's totally like, she's a that. different human being. Mm-hmm. So does uh, she not do everything you want anymore? Because I don't know if I want to send my husband if he's... <laughs> <laughs> no, but she will like, say things like to the price to pay. You know, I, I've heard Annie, you know, uh, you know, where before she would kind of subtly in a very codependent way, kind of like want to, you know, manage things and uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, now she's like, hey, man, that's your journey. And wow. She, and she, she, I feel like she shows up like she's in the room now. Yes. I feel like I, I experience her presence in a whole different way now. Right. Which we didn't years ago. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, there was this, as you know, nines can sometimes mm-hmm. when they're not in a great space, they, they, they self forget and they self delete. Yeah. It's yep. like they're not there. That. And so, yeah. by the way, they marry personalities like us. Right. Uh, so they big, can self delete. And, <laughs> and then merge with these big personalities and yeah. with our preferences, our opinions, our viewpoints, our successes, our achievements, our work, all that stuff, they merge with it. But now my wife, she's her own, she's her own wow. person. And found, she found her own voice. That, that's that's what I would say. She found her own voice. And she and loves I, the meetings for herself. Too. Oh, she loves her meetings, yeah. man. Yeah. She learns all kinds of stuff in there to like punish me with. <laughs> <laughs> That see, that's why I don't want to send mine. Because like, what if he comes oh, back no. and he's like, "I'm not going to let you do that stuff anymore," where no. you manipulate everything about our lives. I'm, I'm, I've become of the of the belief that everybody should go to Al-Anon. It's like such a game changer. 
for for yeah. people. You know, it's it's terrific. All right, hey, can I pivot us just a minute? Please, you pivot. might be going there. Holly, you mentioned earlier that you use the Enneagram in your work with the women that you're working yeah. with, and I would love to hear how it's been helpful for you. Yeah, I think it's helpful for anyone managing a team, right? Um, one of the first things I do when a when a new woman comes into Sanctuary Project is have them take the assessment, and um, and then when there's a little bit of uh, unsurety, I have them read the road back to you and really read all the different types and figure out, okay, you tested this, but is this what you relate to? And, and let's, let's figure out who you are in this. Um, but, but what's so helpful about it is I'm able to, because they're coming in really shut down and mm-hmm. coming in, um, with very little confidence. Most of the time, a lot of times they're coming straight out of jail. Um, they have, they have a record. They, they've failed at life in a lot of ways. Um, you know, a lot of times there's, there's just a a deep insecurity there. And so I'm able to really use the Enneagram to, to build them up in a way and, Hmm. and to, and to acknowledge their experience and, um, and, and honor them for the, for who they are, the, the themiest them. Right. Um, so, you know, we have our operations director is a, is a five wing six and, um, and, and she is, um, she keeps us in line. Right. And so when there's a, when there's a challenge that comes up, she's the first to be like, I told you so this is what, and, and instead of, instead of getting defensive or instead of being frustrated with that, I'm able to honor her and be like, I'm so grateful that you have that ability to, to have that foresight, to see you challenges that are going to come. And you're right. You were right. Um, I kind of find what is their key phrase that, that brings them life. And for a five wing six, it's, you were right. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, what is that? If it's a two, you know, we have, um, we have a, uh, our creative director is a two. And, and I know like, you know, what brings a two to life is like, thank you so much for your help. You are, I don't know how we would do this without you. And, um, you know, same thing. My executive assistant is a two too. I don't know how I would do this without you. I wouldn't be okay without you, you know, mm-hmm. giving them that reassurance and speaking their language because we're trying to rebuild them to the place that they feel confident in a work environment. You know, they're coming out of, um, exploitation. And so a lot of times we're their first legal job, um, we're the, we're the first time they're in an office environment, maybe ever. And they're working around a bunch of women, which there's always issues with that. You know, I mean, there's always trauma associated with that. They'll come in saying things like, I'm not a girl's girl. I can't work around women. This is going to be really hard for me because they've kind of been in a man's world, Um, you know, being trafficked and being in that trafficking environment, being in jail, everyone's really shut down and hard and they come out and they're like, I can't be around all these girly girls. And so we have to do whatever we can to make everyone feel safe. Mm. And so using the Enneagram, understanding the Enneagram, understanding how they're going to uniquely need to feel useful to our organization, and then giving them that reward and that payoff constantly of the, you were right, or we couldn't live without you, or, you know, we have a nine and it's, thank you so much for bringing peace into this environment. And, um, we have a four who I thought had mistyped as a four because of her trauma, but now I think she is a four. Um, but, but just honoring her for like the unique voice she brings and, and how grateful we are for her, you know, like, I don't, you know, you're, you're just, you're so unique in this environment. And, and I really want your perspective. What do you think of this piece? Cause you're so creative. And if we can just honor them for who they are, it helps really rebuild that sense of self-worth and value. Yeah. And I would say, and I don't know if you do this, but <clears throat> in communities like this, where you can say to a two, um, you know, I, I couldn't do without you, but you know that I would love you even if you didn't meet my needs. 
Okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or if you're a three to say, wow, great job. You're killing it. You know, like we're, we're really yeah. growing as an as a organization. But You're you know, enough is what they say to me all the time. You're enough. Right. So, you, so what you can say to a three is, oh, and by the way, I would love you even if you failed. I love that, Ian. Or so if you're, good. you know, a, a seven, thank you for bringing all the joy. But, you know, if you brought your pain, we mm. would be there for you and it would, yeah. we welcome that too. That's yeah, so good. And I I, we that. go through all the types. That's and, so good. You know, I That's think there's so a two-part message. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to know where everyone can learn about Sanctuary Project Jewelry. I know they can go to sanctuaryproject.com online and now they can go to Target dot com to learn about i mean does it get any better than that as a three (laughs) i I literally told them like the day we closed the deal and they were like all right we'll send over contracts i was like i think my mom is going to be really proud of me (laughs) 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 like i think i just won did i just win (laughs) yeah until when until the following day where you're like okay what do i have to win next I know now. Oh, shoot. Now we got to do another deal. Now I got to get Nordstrom too, probably. Right. Right. (laughs) Nothing wrong with it. (laughs) Right. I mean, there, this is the beauty of the Enneagram. You, I don't want you to lose the drive. I don't want you to lose the desire to win. I don't want you to lose the energy and the drive to be productive and efficient. I just want a three to do all those things while having the self-knowledge that, but you know, um, I can be loved completely apart from anything I do. I can just be loved for who I am. Yeah. Uh, And and then, you know, you're not all caught up in the lunacy uh, of the type. You're not trying to win love through achievement. Now it's just like, I get to achieve. Oh, and by the way, I don't have to achieve in order to be loved. I'm loved. You know? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Anything else? Tell us about your socials. How do people learn about Sanctuary Project socials? Yeah, find us on um, at sanctuary underscore project and then um, follow me. I'm launching a podcast because three. Um, so follow me at, at Holly Christine Hayes and then uh, you can find the podcast, which is called Finding Sanctuary at hollychristinehayes.com. Wonderful. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And uh, I have four takeaways. Oh, the okay. youiest you. Yes. The themiest you. <laughs> the them. The meiest them. <laughs> Oh, it's the meatiest. Wasn't them. it the meatiest them? No, nope, it's the themiest them. I want them to be the themiest them. The themiest them. I'm messing up the pronouns. Okay. The ninetyest nine. Yes. And I put on the face of Christ as a mask. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Four takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> well, Holly Hayes, thank you so much for being on typology this was a rich conversation this is one of the best conversations with an enneagram three i've had. i think we need to have a welcome to nashville little party for let's do it yeah oh, we'll do it let's do it i love that idea i mean i'm, I'm not kidding we'll do it yeah i, so I would you just, love that when i can't you wait land, to connect with you guys all right when you land in town you got my cell phone number right i think you do i think so we will get it we'll yeah. connect i have it so we'll We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Get on a thread. Here. I'll give it to you after the show is over. Yeah. All right. Well, Anthony, thank you, guys. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Ian. This was fun. Yeah. Yes, it was. And Holly, thank you. And, thank you, and Holly. And all my typology friends, remember these words. May you have love. May you have joy. May you have peace. May you have healing. May you have rest. Until next time.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.